Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. Reds, Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Fabinho's followed Enzo out the back door, Big Verge is taking the armband, but there's still lots of work to be done. Here to get into the latest Liverpool chatter with Kiefer O'Neill and joining us from the tour of Singapore, James Pearce and Simon Hughes will be dropping in following his recent trip to Croatia. To kick us off, I want you three words, Kiefer. Can I have four words? Because I feel like to say this sentence, I have to have another another word. So I'll say it with three words, but then I'll add a fourth word and you'll realise why. Where's this midfielder? Where's this midfielder then? See yeah, what I mean? It just needs a then, doesn't it? It does, it does. I agree with you. James? Uh, considering where I'm at, I think I'd have to go with hot and sweaty. Hot and sweaty? And I'd have to ask a question of you. Signs of shit? You've been signing shit out in Singapore. Uh, it's a vicious rumor, Tony. Vicious rumor. No, I um, yeah. There's a there's a lot of fans camped around the uh, the Ritz Carlton out here in Singapore, hoping to catch a glimpse of their heroes. And yeah, I think sometimes they get a little bit confused between the uh, between who's the uh, who's the Premier League stars and who are just the the random reporters here trying to catch a word with people. Heroes come in different shapes and sizes, and I'd say reporters are heroes. But let's yeah, see. You've what done yourself saying. a disservice there, James. We know that they're waiting for you outside your hotel. <laughs> you know, Tim, again, stardom comes in different forms, and you know, you are one, James. You are one, and that's why you're the king of this podcast. <laughs> anyway, well, let's find out what they're saying over on the Walk On Podcast Facebook group. Kevin Blamire, Virgil, right choice. Kevin Drazy. Squad still short. Tom Hales, bring us signings. Dave Rimmer, hurry up, Schmadica. To join our community of listeners on Facebook, just search Walk On Podcast and join the group. Well, another week, another Liverpool midfielder off to Saudi Arabia. And Fabinho, £40 million move to Al Etihad. Is this good or bad for Liverpool? <sighs> James? Um, I think. It's probably difficult to say at this exact moment whether it's good or bad because I think I think that the whether the answer to that will ultimately be decided on who comes in and how they do. On the one hand, I, I think it could be good for Liverpool. I think what is undoubt undoubtable, I think, is the fact that forty million pounds for someone who, based on last season, has has gone past his peak and is going down the other side is, I think, very good business for Liverpool. You know, you're effectively getting your money back on a player who's who's given you his five peak years. Four of those were absolutely outstanding. He was a pivotal part of a team that, that won all the biggest prizes. Yeah, Klopp wasn't looking to move him on because I think Klopp 
still had faith that he could get back to somewhere close to where he was prior to last season. But I think that would have been a bit of a leap of faith. And I think having to fast track finding a replacement number six, I don't think is particularly bad news for Liverpool. You know, I think it's a different one to the Jordan Henderson one where the, with Fabina one, you look at the size of the fee and no, there isn't there isn't another European, there isn't a European team that would have paid that kind of money for him, I don't think. And and similar to Henderson, I think once he turned around and said, I want to go, then, you know, Liverpool did the right thing. They got they got the price that they wanted for him. It's just a shame it's dragged on so long, in my opinion, because I don't know what it is with these Saudi deals, but from people I've spoken to, they've said there's just a ridiculous amount of red tape and paperwork, which has meant it's dragged on and on and on. And it's yeah, it's crazy to think that the season's now so close. And, you know, we're still talking about, you know, will it be Romeo Labia? Is he going to be the replacement? Liverpool still in talks with Southampton over over that one. Yeah, Kiva, I'm very similar mind to James. Good money, but perhaps wrong timing because just shorter bodies at the moment. Yeah, I think that's the worry, isn't it? But when you think about Fabinho and last season, like James mentioned, he wasn't good enough for such a long time. There was a resurgence towards the latter end of the season, which Liverpool absolutely needed. And it was nice to see him sort of get back to, you know, just sort of those long legs chopping in and actually winning the ball because there was a part of the season when you just felt like he could get sent off in every game he played. He was just... his. Whether like his calibration of tackling was just down on a couple of seconds or something, it just felt like he was unable to be the player that he'd been for so long. And like looking back on his Liverpool career, I think Liverpool got the best out of Fabinho. And I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think Liverpool need to do that more. Just get the best out of players and then move them on. You've got to be ruthless in a Pep Guardiola kind of way that he just, you know, knows how long he's got like a sell-by date on certain players and then he'll move them on, replace them. I think Liverpool could do with being a little bit more like that. So I think the timing is actually a good thing for Liverpool. And I think, you know, in terms of Fabinho moving on, obviously they need to replace him and quickly, you know, I think we'll come to chat about that. Should be happening sooner rather than later because you you look at pre-season and that's the time you want the players to start getting to know each other and, as James mentioned, it has probably dragged on for a little bit too long. But I do think it is it is probably good time because going into next season, if Fabinho was to play like he did going into last season, I just think, you know, you'd, that would be a headache in itself where obviously Liverpool won't have that worry now, but they won't have him around to potentially play like he did towards the back end of the season. So, you know, it's a kind of hit and miss in, in a lot of ways, isn't it? But once they get a replacement player in, I think all should be good. James, one of my spies out in Singapore told me that one of the people who asked you for a selfie today was Jürgen Klopp. And while you are it, you were discussing the influence of the Saudi Arabian Pro League. <laughs> what now? What does Jürgen have to say at the press conference? Yeah, it was a, it was a, there was a lot to cover, to be honest, at the, the press conference. I mean, with, with it being Bayern providing the opposition here on, on Wednesday night in the last match of the tour, as you'd imagine, there was quite a sizable German media contingent as well. So they wanted his thoughts on why things hadn't worked out for Sadio Mane at Bayern. And and yeah, that inevitably led to talk about the the impact of all this money from Saudi and the disruption that it's caused. And Klopp saying about, you know, yes, you know, of course we felt it probably as much as anyone with, with you know, the unwanted departures of, of two players in relatively quick succession, but he said, you know, it's something we've got to get used to. He also made the point that he said, 
what is really unhelpful is that he said that the Saudi window for transfers extends well into September. Um, that came up, but yeah, to be honest, the the conversation was dominated by the the captaincy and the and the vice captaincy. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold al- alongside him. Yeah, Trent talking about what it meant to him. Um, there was a lovely clip. I'm sure lots of people have already seen that the the club put out from the open training session here at Singapore's National Stadium on Saturday night when Klopp wandered over during the session, put his arm around Trent's shoulder and took him for a little chat. And then they had a warm embrace at the end of it. And essentially, yeah, that was the moment when he said, I want you to be, you know, the the second in command, vice captain to Virgil. And Trent said, yeah, a matter of huge pride. I think people will remember when not long after he broke through, really, he, he said, you know, my ambition is to captain this club. It is my club. I've been here since the age of six. And that's been the path that, that he's been on. And this is a big step towards making that a reality because for me, this is succession planning. Um, you know, Virgil van Dijk quite rightly is the new captain. I think I think that was a no-brainer because of his standing in the squad. He does it already for the Netherlands. He, he was the next in line. But Virgil van Dijk's 32. This isn't a long-term appointment. This is kind of getting things in place where in two two years, maybe three at most, You'd imagine the baton would be passed on to Trent and um, yeah, and there'll be another scouser leading Liverpool out on a weekly basis. Yeah, so much potential still there and there's so much much further that Trent's got to go. But I mean, with Sadio Mane going to um, Saudi Arabia, I mean, where is it? Liverpool next? Liverpool players league out there. Well, you know, it's a, it, it's amazing. Well, we said Simon couldn't be with us today. Well, he's sulking, isn't he? Because no one ever asks him for a selfie. Well, he... Last week he went to Croatia uh, to see uh, how Jordan Henderson fitted in when he joined up with his new side, including watching the infamous training session that happened before Henderson's Liverpool exit was confirmed. Anyway, here's what Si made of it. Hi everyone. Yeah, so spent last week in Croatia. It was a surreal experience, I would say. Uh, we made the decision as a editorial team to go because it was becoming very clear that Henderson's move to Al Etafak was getting a lot closer. I think one of the reasons why we decided to go really was to try and really get a grip on Al Etafak more than Henderson to some degree, because it's going to be quite hard <laughs> accessing a football club in Saudi Arabia, I think, um, at any point while they're, they're in Saudi Arabia. Even though... I was sort of told before going that nobody would be able to speak because of contractual obligations, which mean that the players and the management and everybody else who's just arrived at the club would only be able to speak after they've spoken to the Saudi Arabian press. We sort of decided that it was a good idea to go and try and capture that moment and try and maybe explain some of the moving parts around the club and some of the people who are involved there. So, you know, you sort of see players and management doing the sort of things that you, you normally do see if you have any access to a training ground. You know, there's a lot of waiting around. I mean, it, it was it was interesting insight, but I wouldn't say it was particularly sort of a day where you, you sort of learned lots about how a football club operates because it was just lots of waiting, basically. Um, but I was able to see sort of who was involved. As I said, there's been big changes at, at FAC over the last last month uh, in terms of the president the president who recruited Steven Gerrard uh, was only um, left the position last weekend uh, the previous weekend 
Um, and this was because of a decree by the Saudi Sports Ministry, which meant that any president uh, which had um, had two consecutive terms wasn't allowed to serve a third one. Uh, this allowed um, a new president to come in who has very close links to the uh, Saudi Arabian FA. His brother leads that. And the president who has been elected to the club has got very close links to very influential people and it's believed within Saudi that um, that the club is now being bankrolled by companies that are linked to the state, shall we say. So the idea that, you know, sort of a lot of clubs sit outside, that the PIF-owned clubs, um, that's the Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia, are sort of these... Um, these clubs that are desperately trying to fight against the inevitable. It's not, it's not really the case. They're being bankrolled by some big companies and a, a sort of calculated draw mistake that Jordan Henderson would have to basically play for 4,000 years at Aleta Factor to, to hit a dent in the profits that were made by one of the companies that is supposedly behind the bankrolling of his wages. So, yeah, J- Jordan Henderson uh, arrived at the at the training facility at about three fifteen, and until that point, I mean, I, I would say that people were tolerating me being there. I don't think that they necessarily wanted me be there, but that was largely because I was a paying client of the hotel, which gave me that gave me that get out in any uh, discussion. But as soon as he came, it was, I was told really that my presence was no longer welcome. But I was able to watch the training, uh, his first training session with Al Etafak. And it's fair to say, you know, that this is a team that's that's basically being created in the last month. Um, I think that they're going to have to sign quite a, you know, trade quite a lot of the foreign players that they've already got. They've they've got they've already filled the allocation of eight foreigners. I think they'll probably need more than Jack Hendry and Moussa Dembele and and Jordan to to compete next season. All, all the coaching sessions were, were all the coaching session was done through a translator, so I mean it, it was a fascinating couple of days. I think that um, it's going to be interesting how John Henson does for for, for Al Etafak in the Saudi Arabian League, where the temperatures are going to be pretty high, and he is obviously known for his energy. Um, whether he'll be able to recreate that on a you know in in uh, sort of forty degree heat or even thirty degree heat in the evening. Remains to be seen, um, but it was just fascinating to see sort of this strange moment in the history of football unravel and have a front row seat. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, 
Tony Evans here with Walk On, your Liverpool podcast from The Athletic, here with James Pearce and Kiva O'Neill. James, the actual games, what have you made of it? You know, the 4-0 win over Leicester City on Sunday, what, do, what can we take away from it? Um, I think it's so difficult, isn't it, to read, read too much into the pre-season games because we all know that the training regime around them is so different than preparation for a normal Premier League game and I think certainly been stung over the years thinking, you know, wow, Liverpool look in incredible shape and then they haven't been or fl- the flip side, you thought, thought, well, there's a few things to worry about there and then they've they've hit the ground running. So I think the big thing so far and the contrast to being over here a year ago is the lack of injuries as I just touched this wooden desk in front of me because um, they were dropping like flies here a year ago. So, yeah, I think speaking to a few of the staff at the team hotel earlier, I think there is a feeling amongst Klopp's backroom team that, this preseason has been better and that it's been structured in a different way that they felt the benefits of that with the German training camp first. Predominantly, the, the fitness work was done there. And then here, it's more technical and, and tactical stuff in terms of um, how he wants the team to set up. And and yeah, they did. I mean, they ultimately steamrolled Leicester 4-0 the other night in the first game. Um you know, it was didn't probably tell the full story because there was Leicester had a couple of really good chances early on. You, you kind of look at it and you think, well, there's clearly still a bit of a vulnerability there defensively. We know in midfield that they're absolutely crying out for the Fabino replacement as an absolute minimum because you know you had Curtis Jones playing the holding role in midfield the other night. You also had James McConnell, uh, who's more of an attacking midfielder from the academy, playing as number six because, of course, Thiago's not here, Bacetic isn't here. Those are probably on the the kind of the things where you think that needs sorting as a matter of urgency. But at the top end of the pitch, the, the very pleasant headache Klopp has got on the horizon is what your front three is going to be for Chelsea away on the opening weekend. Because, you know, Darwin Nunes has, has got four and three goals in the preseason game so far. Looks really sharp. Certainly looks better equipped, I think, to challenge for a place on a regular basis. Um, you know, Gagpo, you know, is just has done carried on where he left off at the end of last season. Diaz looks a lot sharper. Um, and then you've got you know Salah is Salah, isn't he? I think he's got five five assists already in 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 three preseason games. And Diogo Jota as well, another player that missed you know a big big chunk of last season. He's been amongst the goals, and and I was really impressed by the the two new boys the other night. Um, you know, Alexis McAllister had a big part to play in the first goal. And I think he does give Liverpool something they haven't had in that midfield area for a long, long time where he's just really clever at finding space between the lines and turning and picking the right pass. And he did that to find Jota in the build-up to Nunes' goal. You know, he also, you know, pounced on a loose ball, skipped past the challenge and fed Jota again in the build-up to the second goal. And then in the second half, whilst McAllister had his feet up, Zobersly kind of took centre stage, really. Um, You know, he nearly scored from the halfway line. With uh, with a bit of an audacious lob and just he just looks like a great athlete. Zobers like that's what I, I really like about him. Technically gifted, but he really does put a shift in as well. So yeah, those are the the kind of main takeaways from it so far. And yeah, I think what business Liverpool have done so far looks excellent. It's just they probably haven't done enough of it. I'd say. Yeah, I mean, listen to that, Kiva. I'm feeling really upbeat about the season. And how's that, James? We were just sat there nodding along, weren't we? Yeah. Getting all excited about what's to come. 
I think pre-season is a funny one, isn't it? Because you can kind of like, if Liverpool are playing absolutely terribly, it'd be like, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. And then if they're playing well, you kind of have to be like, mm, well, you can't take it too seriously because it's pre-season. But yeah, I think there have been some performances, haven't there, that have stuck out. And yeah, it, it is sort of like, I feel ready now for the season. I, I don't know how ready them players are. They, a lot of them are looking pretty ready to me. Do you think Derwin's ready? That's the question I'm asking. I feel like he looks a lot better than he did in the last preseason. He looks a lot more comfortable. Maybe he's gelled a little bit more with the team. He, he looks like a player who's got a bit more confidence in front of goal than maybe he had, you know, for a lot of last season. Because we'd see sort of like moments of genius and then moments of madness within minutes of him having a shot that would go over the bar, then he'd do something amazing. And that kind of felt like his season, didn't it? I'm excited to sort of see how involved he is because that competition for places is pretty up there now. So I'm going to be excited to see how he copes with that and if he can fight his way like into the team and, you know, be a first choice, that'll be because he's scoring goals. So, you know, I think for Liverpool, that'll be the thing, won't it? If, if he can just pick up from sort of looking like this tidy, confident finisher because... You don't always get that from him 100%. And I think that's what Liverpool have been working on with him is to get him to that level because he's got everything about him, like the athleticism, the speed, you know, the strength. It's all there with him. It's just the finishing at times or the decision-making. With Darwin James, this time last year, talking to people at the club, they were all like, yeah, he's a project, he needs work, we know he's not the finished article. Do they feel he's a lot nearer? Yeah, yeah, that is the... That is the, certainly the, the feeling I get from having spoken to people over here that, yeah, they, they think, I think he got a bit of probably, a, I think the criticism of it probably went a bit too far at times last season. Because I think he didn't actually have a bad season, did he? In terms of, you know, it was, I think, I think it was skewed the reality as well slightly by just the numbers that Haaland did, because there was all that, you know, at the start of the season, you know, overall, you know, Nunes has that moment in the community shield, doesn't he? Where you're like, right, that's lift off. Haaland misses a sitter. And it and it was like very briefly it was like well it's going to be a straight shootout between these two, yeah. and then you know six weeks later you're looking very very stupid if you thought that. So yeah, it was you know I think I think a lot of a lot of things just didn't go his way, did they? In terms of I, I think about do you remember Goodison in the derby? He hit that like dipping volley that that would have been one of the, like the all time great Merseyside goals certainly I'd have ever seen. I think Pickford just got a touch to it and it hit like the underside of the bar and stayed out. And and then he, you know, he obviously had the disaster in his home debut against um, Palace when he got the red card and, you know, little niggling injuries as well that kept him out and missed training sessions. And so, so not, it felt like not an awful lot went his way. And, and of course you can't get away from the fact that there was that adaptation that he struggled with, I think off the ball more than on it in terms of, you know, he, he wants the ball in behind to run onto, whilst Liverpool, especially because Liverpool was such a mess for a big part of last season, they needed their centre forward to be dropping off, giving them an extra man in midfield and scrapping and fighting to win it back, which isn't his speciality. But yeah, he does, he, to me, he looks stronger and sharper and certainly more in tune with the players around him. Whether he'll start at Chelsea at the moment, I, I would say, I would probably say it's unlikely. Just because I even I don't know Klopp speaking the other night after the game against Leicester talked about as 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 you know Darwin Darwin gets his goal and does well again, but he said you know I thought we pressed much better as a unit in the second half and 
you know, in the second half, Gagpo was the was the the false nine. So so yeah, I do think there's in, encouraging signs, and and I'm sure I think I think when you look back at his career so far, he has, you know, I don't don't think he lit the place up immediately at Benfica. You know, it was more that second season when when he really came alive. So yeah, that's that's what we're all hoping for. Bit of chaos from off the bench, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a hell of an option, isn't he, to bring on? I mean, that's I mean, that's the beauty of it at the moment. I mean, you know, the, those five elite attackers and you know it was we kind of said that at one point last season but it never happened like that because you know Diaz and Jota missed so much football for and you know and it was it was stop start for Nunes but if those five can you know if they can stay fit there isn't there, there you know I know Liverpool aren't even in the Champions League next season but there isn't I can't think of another club in Europe that's got five attackers of that caliber you know that that is mouth-watering it's just they need they need to get the other departments sorted out yeah, they definitely do Aside from touring the world with your adoring public, James, you've also been doing great interviews, and particularly this one with Lucas Lever, which is available to read now on The Athletic. But, you know, it's, let's have a listen to what Lucas had to say. When uh, they called me, the club called me to invite me to come over, you know, I was... It was very emotional because, you know, I was only retired, so... I was still, you know, in the transition mentally. Yeah. And uh, so to be able to be back and see so many familiar faces, you know, uh, to feel that taste, you know, to wear the Liverpool shirt and be around, see the fans. So it's been amazing, a great experience for me, to be honest. I'm really, really glad to be back. And how have the last four months been like for you? I guess there was a, a lot of motion yeah. at, at the start. Yeah, just like like I said, it was, you know, my I found a problem by a surprise and I had to retire it. So it, it, I wasn't planning to retire it just yet. Of course, I, I was in the end of my career, but uh, I, I wanted to play still two, three years. So it was quite uh, emotional and mm. difficult at the beginning. It still is sometimes, you know, uh, you miss that routine. But slowly, I'm getting used to it, and um, you know, I, I'm spending a lot of time with my family, with the kids. I'm traveling, so because then we open my mind, especially will help me to decide what I'm gonna do next. You know, yeah. I'm still, I'm still taking my time because, as I came as a surprise, you know, I don't have to rush in any decision at the moment. You, you, you must have felt the love of Liverpool fans oh, all, yeah. all around the world. That must have been quite. Overwhelming, yeah, you? fantastic. Especially the club, you know, they they made a video for me, and you know, so many nice message from former teammates and Jurgen, other managers sent me. So uh, Rafa, Kenny, so it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been. I received a lot of message that comfort me and and just shows me that uh, my career was I've I've made a good career. Of course, maybe I didn't finish the way I wanted, but uh, at the end, it's more positive than negative. Did you hear from like Stevie and Cara and people yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Suarez, I, I won't remember. <coughs> well, Suarez is my neighbor now. So, oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so okay. he, he's played for Grêmio, so uh, we've been touching. Uh, Did you have a part to play in that happening? Did you... A little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, I received so many messages from teammates, uh, Stevie, Cara, others, so it was great. And how do you look back on your career? You must be really proud with everything you achieved. Yeah, of course, uh, 
I can complain. Uh, I look back, you know, especially my time at Liverpool, you know, 10 years, it's impossible that you don't go up and down. No, my start, everybody knows my start was very difficult, but after I, I changed, I could uh, earn my place. Uh, one thing that, uh, of course, uh, I miss is maybe winning more trophies with the club. But, uh, but I look back and I think, you know, especially when, since Jürgen arrived, uh, I think, uh, you know, I feel part of uh, that, that start, yeah. that uh, building, that, something. that building, yeah. the, the, the winning era, let's say. So, and, you know, in Italy, I thought it was very successful. We won three titles there. Uh, I came back to my former club, my boyhood club, so it was great. So, yeah, I, I, I cannot complain, to be honest. Of course, you would change a few things, you know, for better. You never yeah. change for worse. So, but uh, I can't complain. So, I'm, I'm glad uh, that uh, my career, I think, went really well. And are you coming back to Anfield in a few months? Is that right? Yeah, hopefully I'm planning to come back in November, you know, to, to, to watch the game. And I've never been back since I left. You so, don't know? no, you know, I, I, I wanted to be back, but always was international break. Then it came the COVID. So it was, I've never been able to be back. So it would be nice to be back and, you know, watch a game and, and see the atmosphere again. So it would be great. Yeah, and you said if there was only any, if there were any regrets about the the time at Liverpool, it was the fact that you missed out on a few trophies. Yeah. Do, you, do you still sometimes think about thirteen, fourteen? Because oh, yeah. that was still that was such an amazing. Yeah, season, we were so it? close. We were so close, and um, and looking back now, of course, uh, we were a team that we 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 scored a lot of goals, but we conceded a lot of goals as well. Mm. I think that was the the main problem. Yeah, of course. Everybody will remember that game against Chelsea. But, you know, you don't lose a title in one game. You lose title, yeah, yeah. you know, during the season. And I think one of our, let's say, weakness, we, we would concede a lot of goals because we were a very offensive team. So, yeah. uh, And also that pressure to win, you know, the Premier League, I think in that moment, uh, it didn't help us. So, uh, yeah, that one uh, we, we missed by, by very little. Yeah. I'll tell you why he seems well. He's always been a great fella, hasn't he? You know, um, he was always fantastic to deal with. But he seems in fast, fantastic spirits there, Kevin, doesn't he? Absolutely. I mean, he's someone that always has a, a smile on his face whenever you see any clips of him or being interviewed. I'm sure James had a, a lovely time with him. Did you, James? I did. I did. Yeah. 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 He's he's great company, Lucas, and it was it was really nice because you could see how much it meant to him to be to be an ambassador for Liverpool out here on the tour and you know everywhere he's gone he's been he's been mobbed by um by Liverpool's huge you know Asian fan base that that are, that are based over here and you know there's so much love for him amongst Liverpool fans I mean to you know 10 years of his career he spent at, at Anfield and you know you think about all the ups and downs he had as well how hard he had to fight to to kind of win over supporters who you know weren't convinced about him early on and um you know he had that bad knee injury of course he suffered down at Chelsea that you know and he was written off only so many times and he kept coming back and back and I, I thought, you know to, to to be there through so much of the Benitez you know era then right the way through you know Brendan you know uh Brendan Rodgers's time and you know obviously under Kenny before that and then you had you know he was there at the start of 
Klopp as well for a couple of years. So he's and he's had a, he's had a really testing last four and a half months because he he had to retire from football um, back in March due to um, due to a heart condition. They, he went back for pre-season testing at Grêmio in Brazil, and um, yeah, he was it was kind of out of nowhere really. They did the usual scans and he was shocked to be told by the doctor you've got some scarring on your heart that is going to make high intensity training dangerous from now on in your life so um they left it a few months in the hope that the scarring might start to disappear it didn't so he had no option but to retire at the age of 36 and he um you know he's he's, he's there's you know i think there's it's been a lot of emotion for him but um i think the love he's felt from Liverpool fans all around the world has really helped him kind of um, come to terms with that and rather than regret the way it's ended, be be really proud of what he was able to achieve because there was a lovely symmetry to it. You know, he won promotion with Grimio before he came to Liverpool, 10 years at Liverpool, five years at Lazio where the fans you know loved him over there, you know, got his hands on three trophies at Lazio and then went back to Grimio and got them promoted back to the top flight again. So, and he's got He's got Luis Suarez as his neighbour at the moment as well over in um, Porto Alegre. I, I tell you what, he, he really is a fantastic fella. It's just a shame he didn't win more trophies with, with Liverpool as Lakiva. Yeah, I was just thinking that then when you were talking about him. That is the one thing, and I think we we did speak about him when he had retired, and that was the thing we came back to. It's like you kind of feel sorry for him in a way that he didn't win more because he left Liverpool just before Klopp and that team started hoovering up trophies. So. But then, as James mentioned, he went to Lazio and was incredible for them and, you know, was very much a legend of that club now too. So, you know, as much as he's a legend at Liverpool, he's also a legend there and obviously Gremio as well and a cult hero in general. And great to see him sort of, you know, getting involved with the club again because I think, you know, you can tell what joy that's bringing to him. And, yeah, I think fans will enjoy meeting him wherever he is. You're listening to Walk On, brought to you by The Athletic. We're sponsored for this episode of Walk On by LinkedIn, so it's only right that we crowbar in a reference to Liverpool's super slick recruitment process while we talk them up. Because when you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like Arnie Slot, probably. In any given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. In fact, on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. So hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash walk. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash walk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We know that. We have to we have to do something there that's absolutely clear. And we are obviously working on solutions. This is Walk On from The Athletic. Me, Tony Evans, James Pierce, and Kiefer O'Neill. Well, Henderson and Fabinho have gone. In fact, a whole minibus full of midfielders has gone. And Thiago's recovering from injury. So we definitely need more midfielders. George Vatsarakis from the Facebook group has said... With two weeks ago, you'd think that some more urgency may be needed, 
in the transfer situation? Well, James, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that the the need is pretty urgent now. I mean, you could you could you could argue that even now is potentially too late for whoever comes in to to start against Chelsea just because of how little training time they'd have to to adjust to to the new surroundings and what Klopp wants from them. So, yeah, it's it's one of those situations, isn't it, where it's, you know, fans get understandably frustrated, but you know, I guess if you're in charge of the purse strings, you want to make sure you get a deal that's right for the club and you don't want to overpay. And throughout the summer when, you know, Romeo Lavia at Southampton, you know, we've talked about him quite a few times in terms of him being the kind of holding midfielder Liverpool was at the top of their list if they pursued one. And whilst Fabino was around, it didn't look like they were going to do anything. But of course, now when, once he's gone, and it's bit on the back as well of losing Henderson, it becomes an absolute necessity to strengthen that midfield area and bring in a number six. So, but they think fifty million is too much. That's been the asking price that Southampton have stuck to their guns. And there's been a bit of a game of brinkmanship. You know, they had the first bid of I think it was thirty-seven million rejected last week. Liverpool, um, you know, a second bid has since gone in, which I think is about forty-one million. As we sit here now, a fair assumption that that bid will also be rejected by Southampton because they've said all along, no, it's 50. So Liverpool are going to have to make a pr- pretty quick decision on this, you know, whether whether they are prepared to, that they, you know, I, th- I think they're either going to have to go up much, much closer to that £50 million mark or walk away and pursue another target and get that done quickly because, um, yeah, we're, we're talking about this being the the back end of the Singapore tour a couple of days off when they get back to the AXA training centre this weekend. You know, they've, they've just got that final friendly against Darmstadt at Preston on Monday night and and a week until they they, they walk out at Stamford Bridge. So, um, they, you know, there has to be a sense of urgency now. A few have been here before, battling with Southampton over a transfer fee, uh, giving them a written apology, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean... It does seem it does seem expensive, Kiva. It seems a, a lot of money for me for a player with so little Premier League experience, but they are desperate. And, and you know, Schmadeke, he's got a month left in the job. Well, you know, at least, but you know, maybe that's all he's got. He's put in a difficult position here, isn't he? Especially as no one expected the Saudis to disrupt the summer. Well, just to come back to, to Lavia and the fee, I think our colleague Jacob Tanswell, who reported on Southampton last season and covered them, watched every minute of Lavia and put out a tweet recently to say something along the lines of, like, he's worth the 50 million. So Liverpool, you know, on that sort of, you know, they obviously feel like he's he's worth a lot to bring him to the club anyway. You sometimes just think, can you just pay the money and get the player in because they need to get him adjusted and you know get him settled into the squad ASAP. So that needs to happen. As much as you know, they want to save a few coppers here and there. It's probably best to you know just get a player, get a midfielder. Given you know the mini bush you mentioned of midfielders that has you know waved Anfield goodbye quite recently. And then just to come on to Schmadke, I think, I mean, obviously he's, it's a three-month gig, isn't it? And, you know, we know how Jürgen Klopp operates and how Liverpool operate, the, you know, the scouting network and different things will sort of get those reports together and then they go to Barry Hunter, Dave Fallows, then eventually, you know, it's Jürgen and his team who sort of, you know, sign off, make decisions and, and want players. I think 
Schmadker will be very much there for those phone calls and that kind of like, well, I guess this process now, which is negotiating and I guess we'll see how his powers are, I guess, will be tested because, you know, Liverpool have, have paid Southampton a fair a fair bit of money over the years for some cracking footballers, Virgil van Dijk among them. But it seems that, you know, they want another. I think they're going to have to pay. I don't feel like Southampton look like they're going to budge. So it's kind of like, is it a pointless exercise sometimes? Or, you know, if Liverpool do get a few million knocked off the price, then I guess that's victory in a way, is it? But just just sign a midfielder would be my message. Yeah, well, I couldn't agree more. And just before we go, James, you know, let's come on, let's have a giggle. Mbappe, he's definitely going to sign. <laughs> You know, one of my mates saw him in the Aztec yeah. up in Norris I've just Green. got his name on the back of my shirt. No, it's <laughs> yeah. I I think I think uh, it's fair to say that um, that one will most definitely not be happening. I know um, I know Klopp was quizzed about it by by Sky Germany yesterday, and he actually said him and his staff have been having a laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> he you know and said you know the the numbers of that deal just just you know. It, are in a whole different world than the one that, that Liverpool's finances occupy. Um, so, uh, no, there there definitely is a need for um, for more fresh blood at Liverpool, but an attacker is not on the agenda. It's uh, it's that engine room that that desperately needs some um, some serious attention. I think just just to try and make sure that you know it, it, you just don't want it to cost liverpool because you know that as we said earlier on there's been lots to admire about pre-season so far the two they have brought in um you know McAllister and Zobersley really do look the part but the midfield hasn't been completely rebuilt yet yes these liverpool you can't plan for what's happened with the saudis and with losing henderson and fabinho in such quick succession but when you know that's that's why you know that's you know that's life at a a top football club, you have to react quickly to to hurdles that are thrown in your path and and find solutions. And um, yeah, the sooner Liverpool find that solution for a new number six, the better. Because um, you know you, earlier on today, Jurgen Klopp was talking about you know Curtis Jones is now an option in that in that area. And Curtis Jones is a very talented footballer and did play deeper for England than twenty ones in in the Euros this summer. But it's a big big ask to do it on a regular basis in in the Premier League. So yeah, that that needs sorting, you know, and like I said, it, you know, I think the situation is very clear now as we sit here. It's like you either pay what Southampton want for Lavia because this is dragged on or you just forget it and move on. You can't you can't keep on going back in with with different with different bids. So um yeah, something's got to give very soon. Well, Jörg Schmadecker, this is your month, August. Get the business done, because we're feeling pretty optimistic here on the Walk On podcast, brought to you by The Athletic. My thanks go to James, Kiever and Simon, as well as you for joining us. Remember, you can get in touch with the pod by emailing walk-on at theathletic.com. We'll be back next Wednesday as we build up to the return of the Premier League. We'll catch you then. The Athletic.